the last of the positional previews for the NFL draft. We are exactly six days away until Thursday night's matinee kicks off in Las Vegas. We're coming at you with safeties today and, of course, the draft needs of the NFC West. Before we get into that, Jake, we just got to get right into this. I mean, we can't even uh, beat around the bush today, unfortunately, even though Arsenal just defeated Chelsea by a score of four, four goals to two up the Arsenal and fuck everything about Chelsea. Um, Devo Samuel requesting a trade out of San Francisco. There have been a lot of things going around as to what the reasons are behind this. Um, I usually give you a sterling introduction. We just got to get right into it because, well, we could be talking about this Debo Samuel thing for it could, it could be an entire podcast dedicated to this Debo Samuel thing. So, first of all, how are you? Second of all, what do you think of this whole Debo Samuel situation? Well, doing good to answer your first part of the question. That's good. Uh, to answer the Debo part, it's just weird to me that it's come to this point. And it's even more weird that the 49ers are willing to pay Debo Samuel. It's not a matter of they can't reach an extension, so the player wants to be moved. It's a player simply doesn't want to play there anymore. Well, what's the – why not? Well, why does Debo Samuel not want to play for the 49ers anymore? And if I had to list reasons why, maybe it's Kyle Shanahan is an abrasive personality, which has been kind of his M.O. throughout his whole career, kind of wears people out, and maybe that doesn't sit well with Debo. Maybe it's the usage as a running back. I think that's a little overblown because all it takes is, okay – we won't have to use you as a running back. We have Elijah Mitchell. No problem. We, we could work that in. Or maybe it's just – maybe it has something to do with the quarterback situation, honestly, with Jimmy Garoppolo and how he Debo, – Debo's very close with Jimmy Garoppolo. It's been pretty known. Maybe it isn't sitting well with him that they were a game away from the Super Bowl and they're turning over the reins to Trey Lance. I don't know. I mean, it's a very fair point. I didn't even think about that. But, yeah, you you absolutely could be right that he may know that Lance is going to be the guy to start 2022, and he's just sitting there and saying, well, I, I don't know what that really means for for me. And I think that could be a really, uh, a really good point. Um, there's definitely speculation that's out there. I mean, I heard this um, a while ago, but now it's out there, public knowledge, that uh, – Debo has said that he does not want to be that wide receiver running back hybrid anymore, which I mean, I don't, I don't blame him. It puts him more in a position to potentially get injured. So, and for a guy that has an extensive injury record, I, I, I get that, but I think it's also that he wants the bag. Now, San Francisco, like you said, Jake, they offered him the contract that he wanted. So I don't know if it's, he's trying to go for, for more or if it's, he's just saying, I, I don't want to be here. I don't want to be playing for the 49ers. And for whatever that reason is, we're definitely going to find out, hopefully, uh, sooner rather than later. But we have to talk about Debo now from a fantasy perspective, because this is a fantasy show. Obviously, his best value probably is staying with the 49ers. I was not huge on Debo Samuel going into 2022 anyway. So I just kind of says for me, wherever he goes might be a downgrade for his, for his value. But again, I was not very high on him. So I might not be the guy to really say, you know, where maximizes his value if it's not San Francisco or where is the worst case scenario for someone like Debo. So uh, Jake, are you high on Debo? I, I, I'm not 
Sure. Depends on the ADP. Uh, more of like a third round for me. I know he's going in like, what, the second round of drafts? He's going 18th overall right now, according to current ADP. A little too high for me. I would say top 30, I think, is appropriate. That 20 to 30 range. Uh, sure. Absolutely. And now it's just a matter of where he goes. I think where he goes will determine a lot. I, I think there's a lot of really good spots for him. I'm not going to lie. I think there's really just like maybe a spot or two where I'm like, oh, I'm kind of out on him. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. But I, I don't think the – I get it. It's Kyle Shanahan, but it was like the Niners offense. Like it wasn't necessarily the air raid offense here in no. San Francisco, especially with Trey Lance taking over, which I think Lance was a downgrade for Debo from Jimmy Garoppolo. So – we just need to play it by ear, man, where he goes. Where would you say is the best landing spot for him for I mean, his he, fantasy value if he, we're he, if we're also including um for also including him staying in San Francisco? I, how can you not say Green Bay? Yeah. That's uh, gotta be the number one. It has to be. It has to be. I mean, I, I would they consider potentially I mean, would would the 49ers even consider an offer where, where no that way. includes twenty two? But I, I don't think so. No, because the 49ers want to compete for a Super Bowl at the end of the day. I Granted, it's not as easy without Debo Samuel, but they still want to. It's not like they're just punting on the season if they have to move Debo Samuel. And giving the Green Bay Packers a contending team, arguably your best player, I don't think that's the smartest thing to do. I, the best move for San Francisco's point of view is absolutely trading him out of the NFC. But outside of the most likely suitor, who we'll get to in a minute, uh, the teams that I've heard that are you know making moves on Debo are all in the NFC. Philadelphia, Washington. There have been some reports about, about Dallas, but from what I've heard most recently, that, that's, that's all smoke that Dallas is not in on Debo Samuel. So Philadelphia, Washington, I know are confirmed in on that. Uh, Jake had, had said, mentioned to me that Detroit were in on that. I, ha- I have not had that confirmed. And then, of course, the most likely suitor and the one that makes the most sense if there is any trade that is going to go down for Debo Samuel, the New York Jets, given his connections to Rob Sala, who is the defensive coordinator in San Francisco, and of course, his old offensive coordinator, who is current offensive coordinator of the Jets, Mike LaFleur. We've been talking about the Jets having to get Zach Wilson, a number one receiver, all offseason. This is, uh, you couldn't connect the stars any better for Debo, for a Debo spot. But the question now is, does Joe Douglas open up the purse and... And, and pay Debo what he is looking for, which I am told is more than Christian Kirk got from the Jaguars, who, by the way, I said it at that, that time, and I'll say it again, the Christian Kirk contract hurt everybody this offseason. It completely raised the value of the top-notch receivers. It priced the Packers out of Devontae Adams. It priced the Chiefs out of Tyreek Hill, and it could now potentially price the San Francisco 49ers out of Debo Samuel. And potentially others, if A.J. Brown could potentially still be moved or D.K. Metcalf and then Terry McLaurin is also owed a new contract. And there have been some reports that 
Washington has shopped McLaurin in any trade talks for Debo Samuel. So every team has been hurt by what Jacksonville did, but giving Christian Kirk the the bag that they uh, that they gave him. But uh, sticking with the Jets, Jake, Debo Samuel to the Jets, it makes just perfect sense. It does. I do question if – I don't think money is the issue. Uh, they were willing to pay Tyreek Hill near $30 million a year. So that – to me, won't be the issue. It's the compensation could be the thing that doesn't make this deal happen because San Francisco probably doesn't want to trade Debo Samuel, but the Jets offered something ridiculous, like a Jamal Adams type return. They would probably do it, but that's just not how Joe Douglas conducts business. And if it's something along the lines of what they offered for Tyree Kill, the 35th, the 38th pick, along with the 69th pick, yeah, I think the Jets would do that, but I'm not sure if the 49ers would do that. Uh, it depends how you value the draft picks. I don't know if you use the uh, the old Jimmy Johnson uh, chart with the uh, point scale. It's like the 35th, the 38th mm-hmm. pick is equivalent to the 14th pick in the draft. I don't know. Take that with the grain of salt. It depends, obviously, what the other teams offer, but the Jets will not bid against themselves in this matter. But – as a Jet fan, come on, man. They've been looking for a guy like this now since this coaching staff got here, and I think it makes all the sense in the world. And longer. I mean, they tried to do it with Sam Darnold, and they never got him that guy. And, you know, now here we are, another quarterback later, and we're still stuck in this vicious cycle where the Jets are still looking for the number one receiver. They're going to have to make a splash at some point. They, they I understand. They tried. Yeah, that you tried for Tyreek Hill. Absolutely. They, they tried for Calvin Ridley, too. Yeah, absolutely. I, I'm pretty confident that they would have landed Ridley, too, based on – I'm pretty confident that that would have happened had that not gone down. Had to suspension and, and everything like that. This is, I think, the one where if, if Joe Douglas is waiting for something – I know we said it with Tyreek Hill where, oh, there might be another receiver that comes onto the market – well, they got their second chance at it with, with Debo. Now, we don't know how much she's asking for financially. Uh, we know the number that Tyreek Hill got. I've been told it's somewhat similar to the, to yep. the Tyreek Hill number. If you're the New York Jets, and if there is a chance to give your guy, your, your potential franchise guy, a true out-and-out number one target, you have to go and do it, regardless of the cost. And this is in this situation. And now, if the cost is obviously four, ten, and a third, then absolutely not. No, there, there's, there's, a, there's a limit. But if it's ten, one of your two seconds, a third potentially, and then future I picks, I wouldn't do that. See, I think it's worth it. I don't think. I think that's bad. I, the most I would swallow if I'm giving up the tenth overall pick is like. The 10th and 69th overall pick. That's it. We don't need to include 35. That's, I think that's too much. Well, let I, me ask, I personally think so. Well, let me ask you this with 10, because most mock drafts right now have Jamison Williams or Drake London going to the Jets at 10. The hope for Drake London or Jamison Williams is that they can turn into half or three quarters of the receiver that Devo Samuel is. It's a project because it's a draft pick. That's with any pick, whether it's number one with Aiden Hutchinson or the guy that goes dead last is Mr. Relevant. They're all projects. You're hoping that they build up to being something. 
you could take that 10th overall pick and trade it where you're taking, instead of having a project at wide receiver that's your number one, you have a firmly established number one guy who you hope that that receiver that you could have had at 10 could potentially become. You have that guy now with Debo if you go ahead and make that trade. No, listen, I, I would, I'm not opposed to giving up 10. I don't think they will, but why do they need to give up 35 and 69? And, and see what I'm saying? Like, I feel like 35 is a little unnecessary. Yeah, like, no, who, it, it is. You know what I'm saying? Like, it's not, that's like a first round pick, almost 35, right? Like that's just outside the first just round. Outside. Yeah. Valuable. So listen, the dream for the jets and their fans is, get Debo Samuel without giving up four or 10, because then you could trade out of 10. Somebody would trade up. If mm-hmm. Somebody would trade up. You can recoup a second round pick in the process and then whatever else you get. So be it. Or even at 10, you, you, you could even think about one of these blue chip caliber talents in the secondary, Kyle Hamilton, who I don't know about him, but like a Derek Stingley Jr. You could take a swing in the secondary, whereas without Debo Samuel, you kind of have to you have to take a receiver at 10. It, uh-huh. you're, you're forced into a corner. So I don't know, man. I don't think it, it will take a first-round pick to get this guy. If he truly does not want to play for the 49ers and just vows to make their lives hell and says, I'll never show up to play again, what they have to trade him. You have to trade him, but I think at the same time, I, I don't know if San, if, uh, San Francisco is going to be held at ransom. Over well, let, let's just play like a hypothetical game here. Who who are some other teams that we mentioned? Like Philadelphia. Okay, well, Philadelphia is a playoff team in the NFC. They yes. could. They were last year. And they have that they have that ammunition. They may have more ammunition than the Jets have, but they don't have the financial flexibility exactly. that the Jets have. No, that is true. But that's also a team in the NFC. Very likely, not very, but there's a chance that the 49ers will have to see them in the playoffs mm-hmm. as early as this year. Yep. If the offers are similar, who does who who does the tie go to? They take they're going to trade him to the Jets, but they're only seeing the guy every four years and maybe in the odd Super Bowl, where the I odds thought, of that happening are slim to none. Yeah, that that's why I think the Jets don't need to trade ten. I think thirty five, thirty eight, and sixty nine could happen. If you're the Kansas City Chiefs, do you potentially try and explore it? Why though? Why you didn't you didn't you didn't pay Tyree Kill what he wanted? Right. So what? Right. I I don't think the Chiefs are in on this. The the three mm-hmm. realistic teams that I'll give you that I think are the ones that make sense with that align with the type of team the Niners want to trade Debo Samuel to are the Jets. I think the Colts make sense, and a wild card New England. Yeah, New England is one that, that does make a lot of sense. They have I, been talking about wanting a receiver, and they've, they've really been the only uh, playoff team from a year ago in the AFC that they haven't improved much at all. And the, the Niners and Patriots have done business before. I don't know how, flexi- how flexible the New England salary cap is, but the, you know how the salary cap is in the NFL. It could be adjusted right. in, uh, in a blink of an eye. Yeah, restructure so, a couple contracts and boom. Yep. So New England, I could see – May, I just think like Detroit. What? Why Detroit? Like what? Come on. I I don't know what that does for anybody. And if you're Debo, and if you're Debo Samuel, do you really just wake up one morning and be like, "Gee, you know, you know where I really want to live? Lovely Detroit, Michigan." I mean, it's fair. 
I mean, they right. could get, they could they could make it financially comfortable for him to live in Detroit, Michigan. But I but I agree. I mean, yeah. why would you why would you want to say, oh yeah, I want to go play for the Lions, who are in a rebuild, versus sticking in San Francisco, who are one game away from the Super Bowl a year ago? Yeah, and even the three markets though that I brought up: New York, Boston market, New England market, and. I guess maybe not so much Indianapolis, but that is a contending team with Matt Ryan and Frank Reich. They have pieces to go to the playoffs and make a run or even to a lesser extent, the Philadelphia market. Like those are markets right there. Like D- Detroit, Michigan is not, that's no man's land. I, I don't think no. we should take them. Atlanta is another one. I don't know where they fit into the equation. I mean, Atlanta makes sense given he says he wants to move back to the East coast. He's from South Carolina, can be closer to home. But again, I just don't know where Atlanta fits into that because they're they're in the middle of a retool, rebuild, whatever you want to call it. Yeah. So I don't know, man. I think the three teams that I mentioned will be the ones that make a lot of sense. I mean, people have thrown out there Baltimore, too, but that's a Super Bowl contending. You see what I'm saying? I don't think the Niners are in the business of making a team get over the top with Debo Samuel. I think they want to trade him to a rebuilding team, and that does fit the the Jets' mold. So let's play a little game. Let's play a little uh, who would you rather have because I know we we love this game, one of our favorite games here. So let's just fantasize and say that Debo Samuel ends up on the New York Jets. So we'll, we'll play the game of Debo Samuel on the Jets. Would you rather have him or one of these other guys? Fair enough? Let's do it. So, would you rather have, and we'll do this in half PPR, half PPR scoring. Would you rather have Debo Samuel or Tyreek Hill? That's that's a lot closer than people think. It's very close. I, I would lean with Tyreek Hill. I, I, I would lean with Hill because I think the Dolphins will do everything in their power to justify making that trade. I would lean Hill as well. Debo or A.J. Brown? A.J. Brown's looking to get paid. I'm going with A.J. Brown in a lot of places this year. The man is playing for his cash. Land of second chances with me and A.J. Brown. Last year it didn't work out great where I had him, but he's getting another shot. I've never had had A.J. Brown. This is the year that it happens. Man's playing for his cash. A.J. Brown over Debo. Debo Samuel or... C.D. Lamb. Hmm. Going with C.D. Lamb, bearing any other pass catchers going to Dallas. If you draft a first-round pass catcher, I think we could have that. I think I'd lean Debo. Uh, exactly what I was going to say. If there's a receiver taken in round one, it's Debo on the Jets. If it's no first-round receiver for Dallas, then I would take C.D. Lamb. Debo or we're going to go with Tyree Kill's uh, running mate in Miami, Jalen Waddle. Debo. I would take Debo on the Jets. Debo on the Jets or Keenan Allen? I mean, Justin Herbert's number one receiver. I have to I have to go. Actually, in half PPR, it's a, I would probably go half Debo, full Keenan Allen. I would go Keenan in both, but that's really close. Really close in half. Yeah, Keenan Allen's a little watered down in, in half PPR. A little bit. A little bit. Yeah. But I would still go Keenan by, by a hair. Debo on the Jets. I'll give you one more. Debo on the Jets or Mike Evans. I mean, Chris Godwin's not playing. Antonio Brown's not playing. I, I think I'm going to go with uh, 
Mike Evans, the number one receiver for Tom Brady. Yep, I would go Mike Evans as well. I'll give you I'll give you one more just for fun. Uh, definitely a more interesting one given you know his history um, over uh, the last year. Don't say it. Debo Samuel or DeAndre Hopkins? Okay, I thought you were going to say somebody else. Um, I'm buying D-Hop everywhere this year in fantasy where I can. I think DeAndre Hopkins is a guy that fantasy managers don't should not give up on. Just one – the guy let you down one – well, actually twice, but that was really Brock Osweiler's fault. But two years out of what? He's been in the league for what now? Nine years, I think nine it years, is. yep. Uh, he he's not that old. I mean, what is even thirty? Is was he like twenty nine, maybe thirty this year? Yep, turning thirty. I, I think he has another year or two left of of fantasy top ten numbers, fully healthy. That is. Yeah, I would I would lean Debo on the Jets, but I do especially love DeAndre Hopkins at his value right now. He's going as the seventeenth wide receiver off the criminal. board. The criminal, criminal, criminal. And, he's and going- Kyler is looking for his cash. Yeah, he he's going he is going behind Deontay Johnson, going behind T. Higgins, going behind DK Metcalf. One spot behind Metcalf, but he is one spot above DJ Moore. That's cr- that's criminal. I don't know why people Deontay Deontay Johnson will not be on a single fantasy roster of mine this year. I think I'm pretty close to saying I'm fading Pittsburgh, the Pittsburgh Steelers in general. Not Najee, not Najee. I think they're going to have to give him the ball like yeah, 30 times a game. It de- it depends where. It depends where for Najee. Like, if you're, if yeah. you're in the if you're like if you're getting Najee 8 9 overall, then yeah, I would really like that. But Claypool, Deontay Johnson, Fryermuth not will not be rostered by me. Now let me ask you this before we move on to uh, to the safeties. If Debo Samuel is traded to the New York Jets, what would that mean for our good friend Brandon Ayuk? Oh, man. Just when we think we're out, or they, they pull they us right, right back, back in. in. I'm not. I, I'm not going to lie. Brandon Ayuk is a little appealing if he goes in without Debo. So I'm not even because oh, we saw. No. We saw. Uh, let, let me just give some type of rationale. We saw without Debo Samuel, Brandon Ayuk put up top twenty fantasy numbers. He did over the span without Debo Samuel. Also with with a mix of quarterbacks, but all quarterbacks that are much better passers than Trey Lance is projected to be. I think they would use deep. I think they would use Brandon Ayuk in the Debo Samuel role. I think those end arounds was maybe not so much as a, as a running back, but those end arounds, those jet sweeps, those trick plays to get the ball in his hands. I think that would go to Brandon Ayuk, which in his rookie year that he was in the Debo Samuel role. Brandon Ayuk currently is being drafted as the 40th receiver off the board. If he were to become the number one in San Francisco, I would expect him to probably be in like the 30 range. So we'll play the game with Brandon Ayuk. Then we'll move on to the safeties. If he's the number one in San Francisco, Brandon Ayuk or Adam Thielen. Thielen. I would take Thielen. Ayuk or... Juju Smith-Schuster. Juju. I would take Juju as well, pending he's still the number one in Kansas City. Yeah. Ayuk or Devontae Smith? That's interesting. Very similar. Year two with Jalen Hurts, very close. I would go Devontae Smith. Give me Ayuk. 
Yeah, I, I don't really want I don't really want him. So yeah, I don't want either. I don't want either one. Currently. I'm just trying to avoid avoid both. Yeah, yeah, you're trying to avoid both. And then uh, two more. Ayuk, actually, no, three more. Ayuk or Amon Ross St. Brown. I mean, Amon Ross St. Brown after yep, last year. Yeah, yep, St. Brown for me. Ayuk or Darnell Mooney. Okay, that one's easy. Brandon Ayuk. Brandon Ayuk for me as well. Mooney is being drafted right now as the 26th receiver off the That's board. Chicago offense. No thanks. No th- and this and this will be the year David Montgomery will fulfill his his top ten potential. And guess who won't have him on a single team? Yeah, yeah. not a Th- chance. This will be the year. And one more for you, Brandon Ayuk or our old friend Michael Thomas. Michael Thomas. I would take Michael Thomas as well. well Michael here, Thomas. Here's a good one for you: Ayuk or Chase Claypool? Ayuk. Are two, but those two were the, just the thorns of the Ayuk. mailbag last year. Ayuk. That that was that was quick. We gotta have we gotta have like an all mailbag team. Oh, oh my god, are, are you kidding? We could take an end of the basement talk podcast one episode, and we could just I'll I'll go through and just look at like the the guys who were the guys that we were asked the most on the mailbag. There are oh god, Brandon Ayuk, um, Kirk Cousins. Kirk, oh my God, Kirk Cousins all the every time. week. Who's a good every week? Who's a good streamer this week? Yeah, Kirk Cousins has a good matchup. Yeah, Kirk Cousins is fine. Ryan Tannehill, um, um Chase Claypool was it? My, oh, Miles Gaskin. Oh, Miles Gaskin. Oh, good God. Early on, Mike Davis, Mike, or in years past, Curtis Samuel. Yeah, Jerry Judy was another one. Court- Cortland Sutton. Sutton. The, yeah. the Denver pass catchers every yep. week was, is this the week to bench DK Metcalf? It's coming. Oh my Great God. Yeah. Never came. D- DK Metcalf might be, might be the captain of the, uh, of the mailbag team. Yeah. He might be the freaking captain, quite honestly. All right. Let's go on to the safety. So of course, you, know, you guys know how this is done. You've, we've only listened to about nine of these. Going to go through five to one. And we're going to have a nice right bolt discussion about each of our guys. So, Jake, who is your number five? Pulling on my ranks. I'm sorry, sir. I should have. No, you're prepared. good. You're good. Just you're good. Brandon, just talking about all those names made me a little disheveled. Please, I, I, Jake, Jake, I know what happens when we start talking about Brandon and Ayuk openly. It, it gets it was, you a little it, rattled. It, 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 was, it was Miles Gaskin that really set me oh, over the edge. Oh, oh, yes, yes. Uh, where, where is Miles Gaskin right now? Hopefully, he's still flying out of the trebuchet that we shot him out of. Yeah. Um. All right. So number five, yep. Jalen Petrie. I've gone. I've gone for Kirby Joseph out of Illinois. Uh, number four, Jaquan Brisker out of Penn State. I've gone for Nick Cross out of Maryland. Number three. I, like I do like Nick Cross. We'll talk about him. I'm sorry. Oh, we will. Number three. I'm going Louis Seen out of Georgia. I've gone for Jaquan Brisker out of Penn State. Number two. I went with Daxton Hill. I know you had him as a corner, but yes. I think he's more of a safety. Yep. I, I did have Daxton, Daxton Hill as a corner, hence why he's not on this list, but if he was, he would be right here at, at number two for me. I have Louis uh, Lewis seen at two and the number one, it's going to be the same. 
it's going to be Kyle Hamilton. Um, let's start with Hamilton. I mean, obviously he's going to be hurt by the fact that he plays safety, but this is a kid that you can line up absolutely anywhere. I, I, I honestly, I think you can line him up at every position on the, on the defense bar defensive tackle, and he will contribute in, in every area. He's just that gifted, the size, the speed that he plays with the acumen to really make plays on the ball. The kid's 6'4", 220. He's built like a rock. He's one of, he, he probably is one of my favorite players to watch on film, but the problem is that he is a safety. So he's going to take a little bit of a tumble, even though he is a top five ranked player in this class for me. He's like a guy where us as fans and people that watch players like, but I just don't know if he's the type of guy that a team is like, okay, we, we need to take, we can't wait till day two to take in the draft. Because to be honest with you, I don't even know if he's a safety. Like it could be a linebacker. Like, is he a linebacker? Is he, he's one of those kind of reminds me of to a much watered down version. I don't think it's this extreme, but like Isaiah Simmons, if you're a defensive coordinator and you don't have like a, you need to draft him with a plan. You can't just draft him and say, okay, we'll worry about that another time. That's not going to work. You need to have a, a designated spot, a designated plan, an overall outlook on how you will use this kid, or else he won't work out. That's that's just number one, just for just for starters. So the fit will matter with him. I don't think I buy this talk of he will fall to like the late first round. I think that's a lot of nonsense. But I don't think he's a top ten pick either. Hmm. I think that ship has kind of sailed because to me. As a safety, you have to be generational, like Derwin James was coming out of Florida State. Like, I'm trying to think. Jamal Adams out of LSU, despite my my feelings. feelings. Despite my feelings, he was a pretty flawless prospect, despite the coverage issues. But sure. Jamal Adams is was test Jamal Adams was much more touted coming out of LSU than Kyle Hamilton was. But no, the kid is obviously a great football player. He was the best player on the team as a true freshman. And that was yeah. with Jer- Jeremiah Wosu-Karamoa, who went, who I thought should have been a first-round pick last year, but went early second round to Cleveland. So this kid has, the ceiling is through the roof. Like you said, 6'4". I believe he's, what did he weigh in at the combine? Like 220. 220. Can run like a deer. I don't know about this 40 time. Uh, it, to me, that's irrelevant. He played really fast for me on film. I don't think he was slow. I, when, I, when I saw that, I'm like, huh, it's 4'7". That doesn't make any sense. It was reported at his pro day. So, like I said, you need to have a plan and just an overall place for him on your defense. You can't just draft him, then figure it out. He was charted out on uh, on some game tracking as his top speed. He reached 21 miles an hour coming downhill, yeah. which is lightning quick. Now, with Hamilton, I, you make a great point when you say that he can play linebacker. He absolutely can. With how he plays and how physical he is and the kind of physical tools that he has, I probably would say that you would want him to be in and around the line of scrimmage. That I think could be a place where he has the most, I guess the word is like sphere of influence on on a game. I don't know if safety is his final position but he can play anywhere. Like if you wanted him to play, if you needed him to play corner in situations, he could, you wanted to play safety done. 
You want to play linebacker that that hybrid like Isaiah Simmons does. Done. He actually did remind me a little bit of Derwin James. I actually thought he was a bit rangier than Derwin James on on film when he was coming out of, of Florida State, which is a pretty big statement to say. But the coverage skills are nowhere near what Derwin James has. He has got to improve in the coverage area, and he has a little bit of a knee issue. So there's some medical problems there, but it's nothing to the extent of like, you know, guys that we've talked about that have big time knee issues like a Carson Strong or a Matt Corral or, or a Jamison Williams or even a John Mechie, who Mechie is if Mechie didn't have a torn at the torn ACL, he could be going in the back end of the first round. But because he has a torn ACL and and big time medical problems, you know, there there's real belief that Mechie could fall out of even the second round, which to me is 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 criminal given how good of a route runner he is. But uh, despite despite all that, I, I think Hamilton is going to be a great fit wherever he goes. I think he is just tailor-made to be going in like the 11 to 14 range, starting with Washington and ending with Baltimore. I think one of those teams in there seems like the most likely landing spot for Hamilton. I would be stunned if he was on the board at 14 and Baltimore decided to pass on him. I would be absolutely floored. I find it very hard to believe the Texans will pass on him twice. Just Nick Casario and the whole background with New England and how they value the safety position and those type of unicorns. Sure. I, I don't see it. Not twice. Not twice. I, I think it's a very fair point. They are picking, they are right in front of Baltimore sitting at 13 and that pick that they got from, uh, from Cleveland. All right. So let's talk, let's talk about, uh, you want to talk about Louis, uh, Louis scene or you want to talk about, uh, Daxon Hill. Whatever. I mean, we talked a lot about Daxon Hill with the corners. So yeah, we did. We did. All right. So we'll go. To, we'll go to Lewis Scene. I, I think you said it when you were looking at film on Nicobe Dean. That Lewis Scene just sort of popped off, and like that was the guy that people were like, "Wow!" Over. He's been one of the biggest risers that I've heard over the course of the last month that teams are falling head over heels with this kid. And, and he was someone that maybe maybe you were talking about getting selected on day two is now definitely going to be selected on day two at some point. I wouldn't even be shocked if it's the end of round one, even though I don't think it's likely. But honestly, it's a little bit like a kind of a cop-out because like we, we don't really like doing these or, you know, I definitely don't. But kind of reminds me a little bit of Buda Baker coming out. I don't hmm. know if you're – just the le- – like, I like guys that just have no regard for anything. Like, they are hitting guys like their lives dependent on it. You know what I'm saying? Obviously, that's Absolutely. not great, great for them. Or, the, But this guy just welcomes contact like it's no big deal. Like, it's just a little – like, it's like me tapping you on the shoulder. That's like him hitting a football player, a ball carrier, or a guy in space where – I it's weird because Georgia didn't really use him as kind of like that free safety. They kind of let him play along the line of scrimmage blitzes, kill the ball carrier blitz uh, the quarterback. I think he has the range and the tools, the agility, the acceleration to play center field and close gaps over the middle of the field and really man that middle of the field and make those receivers think twice about going over the middle. Like there's guys in the league where let's face it, you're going over the middle of the field. You're thinking twice, right? I mean, Troy Palomalu with the Steelers was a great example. You think receivers were ready to go over the middle with him knowing that he's there, ready to ring your bell? 
I, I don't think so. And this is what who Lewis seen reminds me of. And you're right. He did flash on tape because he made all those big hits and explosive plays and game wrecking plays that play hits that will turn a game around. And the coverage wasn't great, but it wasn't bad. I, I didn't think it was a liability like we see with a lot of other hard hitting safeties that come out of the draft. So Louis seen to me, man, is a guy that I would be floored if he's not a top 40 pick. I really think this is a guy that doesn't come around too much. And I think if Kyle Hamilton wasn't in the draft, we would be talking about him as this potential unicorn. He is so good at dissecting coverages. He is so good at figuring out, okay, what route is coming here. I think the most, one of the biggest things too that really stood out was on film. He is a big time tackler, but his form as well is top tier. I mean, we see guys that are thumpers, but their tackling form and the way that they tackle, they need to improve on it. With seeing he packs a punch, but his form and his technical ability to bring guys down, he very, very rarely will he miss a tackle. And I think that was something I was like, wow. You know, that that that's something and that really comes with maturity at the next level. You know, we don't really see guys become pure tacklers until they're 24, 25, 26. Louis Seen is I mean, he's he's there and he's going to be 23 when when the season starts. The speed as well stood out. I, I was a little bit underwhelmed by the coverage skills, like you said, but that can always be improved. I'm not worried about that. The footwork was a little bit lacking, got caught flat-footed a couple of times. But I, I really think at the end of the day, you, if you're looking for a, a true box-to-box safety, someone that can pack a punch, th- this is your guy. This, I this... think he can still play in this free safety. I don't think he's just strictly a box safety. He can definitely pl- play as, as a free safety. Uh, there's no doubt about it. I, me personally, I think he does translate as a as box to box more, but he can be a free safety if a team absolutely requires him to be. He has that versatility. Yeah, no, I, absolutely. And I, I just to me, the the ability to close gaps and make those movements to where, okay, the ball's coming. I need to get here in a second and not just tackle the guy when he gets the ball. It's break up the pass. Made tons of those plays and. That, that's something that translates to me at the next level, and that's what makes safeties great and gets them paid. Now, if you're looking for your true box-to-box safety and someone who needs to be around the ball at all times, that is Shaquan Brisker. The physicality that he showed on film, off the charts. The ball skills, terrific. Even though in coverage, it was a little bit underwhelming, to, to, to put it mildly. But he gets a guy wrapped up, it's done. Game over. That's it. And against the run as well, Brisker can be really utilized as a, as a true weapon. And I, I, I actually was very close to putting down that Brisker may actually end up being a linebacker at the next level, given his size, given his ability to be a great run stopper. He puts on 10 to 15 more pounds to get to 6'2", 215. You have yourself a pretty dandy linebacker if a team chooses to do that with him. Correct me if I'm wrong. Brisker could have came out of the draft last year, right? Correct. Correct. It's interesting because was he better? He might have been better last year than he was this year. I don't think that is too 
wild to say? What do, no. what do you think about that? His 2020 tape for me was significantly better than his 2021 tape. And his 2021 tape was pretty good. But his 2020 tape was was outstanding. As an athlete, I don't think he's the athlete of a Kyle Hamilton or Lewisian. I, I don't think he – it's just he doesn't have those God-given abilities. But as an overall football player, yes, he's an NFL starter. There's no doubt in my mind about that. In coverage, like I, it wasn't we'll, – we'll talk about some other guys, but I wouldn't rank it as like bottom tier – but this wasn't Ed Reed either, if you know what I'm saying. It was good, wasn't great, needs work there. I think his hips need a little bit of work too, to be quite frank with you, to play safety at the next level because you want to be a, an every-down safety. You don't want to be a rotational safety on early downs and then be a, a liability on obvious passing situations. You know what I'm saying? So that could definitely use work. For me, the, the, the range where he gets drafted, I've kind of seen all over the place. Like I've seen early day two – later day two, middle of day two. I think if you look at the top of that day two range, there's a lot of teams that really need a safety, particularly the two teams in our backyard, the Jets and the Giants. I find it very hard to believe that both of those teams will pass on him. I believe the Giants picked twice too in the second round. I'm, yes, right? they do. They do. Yes, I they don't do. think both of those teams pass on him twice. I would be pretty confident in saying that one of those teams will end up with him uh, as a day one starter. There's something else that you said that you light bulb immediately because I know he wanted to bring it up. He is much better when the game is in front of him. When you get Brisker having to track backwards and the play is behind him, it's it's never good. It's never good. I mean, some guys can can adjust the the, the moves that he have that he has in his hips. There, there's just, there's just nothing there. There's nothing yeah. there. It's very very stiff in the hips. That's something that has to be uh, to be worked on. Which is why I think he probably is probably is better at linebacker than he than he is at safety because I mean if you get guy gets behind behind him at linebacker you have the safety that can kind of clean that up but gets behind you as a safety then it's uh, it, it's kind of curtains uh for for you if you are uh, Jaquan Brisker but yeah I've heard him all over the place I've heard him as a day two pick I've heard him as a mid day three pick so it's it, I think, it really is a mixed. I know. I, I would be I would be shocked if he, if he gets out of the second round. To be honest, I would too. I would too. Um, I would be genuinely surprised. The thing that's I feel like the thing that's turned a lot of people off about him was the Ohio State game. Mm. But let's be honest. I think the Ohio State receivers and Ohio State offense can make a lot of players on defense look pretty bad. When you agree, so maybe I that would agree. part of part of that's kind of sticking too, but. It's just the overall sample size. We can't just use one game against the kid, but that was really, really bad. Like, yeah, but then, but then, if people want to see the good that comes with Jaquan Brisker, they can go and watch the Wisconsin game, which he would for me was the game that he stood out in the most. And then even in the Auburn game, he was pretty good there as well. So it, it, yeah, the Ohio the Ohio State offense makes a lot of people look pretty bad. It, it's kind of like the Alabama offense to a much lesser degree that they make a lot of guys look pretty silly. But then against top quality opposition in Wisconsin and against Auburn, he looked pretty good. So you could say that for some. Yeah, but let's be – that the firepower both those offenses have, that doesn't measure at Ohio State. Yeah, absolutely. 
Absolutely. But still uh, competitive teams. It's not like, you know, we're, we're going to say that, I agree. you know, Jaquan Brisker had his best game against, you know, against a ball state, let's say, cause I don't think anybody wants to hear that Jaquan Brisker balled out against ball state, you know? No, I, I agree with you there, but I think that was a big thing with him. I feel like if that game doesn't happen, like people's minds would be a little bit different about him. Agreed. Let's talk about one of my favorite safeties in this entire class. That's Nick cross the former track and field star turned football player. I mean, the athleticism that this kid has, he might, I I struggle with him with Hamilton in terms of the athletic ability, but I am almost ready to say, actually, I think I am going to say it that crosses at that level athletically with Kyle Hamilton, but there's just so much in crosses game that needs a little bit of work. He's very, very, very raw. Uh, for starters, tackling. Yeah. Yes. Like, but here's the thing with Cross, where I yes, I, I think there's a lot of areas of growth where he's a project for me. I got burned a little bit with Ashton Davis. I don't know if you remember him coming out of the draft two years sure. ago. The same type of track of and field background can jump out of a gym, runs that four three speed. You were very happy when the Jets took him. I was, yeah, absolutely. Yep. And he hasn't worked out because he can't tackle. <laughs> like, he can't you tackle. Need, you, need, you need to be able to tackle. And that's very hard to teach how to tackle properly. Very, very, As, very Especially hard. if you haven't been playing football for the longest time. Like, that's like telling me if I just started playing lacrosse, you're going to go out there after a year and go play. So, I don't know. Just, that's a stupid example, but yeah, you you're, you're, gonna, you're gonna go, trying to make. You're gonna swing a golf club and then you're gonna go play, swing a I'm, golf club for the first time, then go play Beth Page Black and shoot par. Exactly, like that's kind of what it is to me, and that's where yes, I I think he's definitely worth. T- I'm not saying that I don't like the kid. I he could definitely he could prove us all wrong, like no doubt. Mm-hmm. But I need to go based off of what we're seeing. And yes, I do love me some projections and ceiling, but you have to have a little bit of balance too, right? If I'm taking the best athletes at every position, all I need to do is just go look at the combine and go look at them run in, in game and say, Oh wow, this kid's really fast. He's really big. And yeah, he, he could, he could be good or with receivers. Oh, he's the fastest top five wide receiver. No, like there, there's more to it. And the fundamentals just were pretty poor for me, but He's a guy that will either make a team look like what the hell were we thinking or what a steal. Yes. In like the third or fourth round. Yeah. And that's where I think he's projected to go in that, in that third, fourth round range. It'll cost team mid round pick to get him. And he's a project. He, he definitely is a project. Very raw. I wrote a column today about the 10 sleepers in this NFL draft talking point sports.com. Nick cross was in that column. Um, all right. Do we want to talk? Let's talk about Kirby Joseph. We we didn't get to him. You want your ball hawk safety. You want your playmaker. You want a guy that's going to be a threat when the ball is thrown in his direction. This is your guy. This is your playmaker. But the tackling was eh, even though he's got that six eight wingspan. So there's that. And the speed that he has, I was a little bit underwhelmed with on on film. But on the ball. Guy's a menace. To me, he just looked like a smart football player, just very limited ceiling where, okay, he'll have an NFL career, but are we really talking about game-changing player on the defense? 
no. guy we're going to pay significant money to. No. That, that's kind of where I was with him. That's why he was just outside my list. I'm a little interested to hear why you didn't have Jalen Petrie in your top five because there, there was a lot to like for me, uh, d- just putting it blank. So with Petrie, I'm going to look I'm gonna look at him because I think I might have put him at corner. So that might be why. I was going to yes, say he can just flat I out did. cover people. Yeah, he can just flat out I cover did. people. <laughs> like, yep. and, and he's a pretty good tackler too. Yeah, he's my sixth-ranked corner. Jalen Petrie. We, we could talk about Petrie right now. I mean, what I saw from him is that tackling machine, guy can flat out cover. I mean, if we're looking at why the Baylor defense was above what people a lot of ex- uh, expected maybe in 2021, Petrie was a big reason for that. I think he's a little undersized, so I think safety might be the, the ideal spot for him. But like you said, Jake, can cover, can tackle. Is pretty solid on the ball, had some, had some eh moments on it so he's not like a ball hawk like maybe kirby joseph is but a really good all-around safety has a very high football iq the footwork is great yeah he's gonna make a team look really 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 smart and he's got a very very safe floor he's a kind of pick much like kirby joseph is it's a pick that's not going to get a gm fired if it doesn't if it doesn't pan out because odds are he will pan out i was thinking a lot of like jaquiski tart for the San Francisco 49ers, that that type of player for me, a guy that you're not going to pay a lot of money to, but a guy that's a valued member of your defense. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, absolutely. And he he also was a stops machine. I think I believe uh, the, the stat that I saw with him was that he made multiple two plus defensive stops every single game in 2021 for Baylor. He wins on third down. Yes, he wins on third down. If you look at the senior bowl footage too, like you see videos of him going up and at it with Trey McBride, who's a lot of people's number one, ours included, tight end. He's just an absolute warrior in terms of coverage, and he's not going to back down. And to me, that says something. I know it's just drills, and but yeah, a competitive edge when you're a little undersized, he's not going to back down. So you have him more as a safety at the next level where I have him more as a slot corner. Yeah, exactly. Okay. All right, that's fair. Then that's why I did not have uh, I did not have Petrie uh, in the safety ranks. Uh, do you have a sleeper for, uh, for safeties? Well, it was Nick Cross, but you kind of used him. Let's break out the PDF here. I mean, I, I, can, give, I can give you mine if, if you would like, and it's someone that, you know, anybody that watched uh, college football this year with the uh, – with the rise of the Cincinnati Bearcats, we'll know exactly who this is. Brian Cook. Brian Cook, for me, was one of those guys that I, I honestly was just kind of like, okay, he's another guy watching more Cincinnati. And then when the moment got big, Brian Cook got big. And I was like, oh, okay. Great tackler. Good on the ball. Footwork was lacking a little bit. Needs to be improved. I think I think he's a little raw, but he's not – He's not Nick Cross raw. He just needs to be worked up on a couple of different things. But for me, yeah, Brian Cook was someone I very, very nearly put him in my top five, but was just halted by 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 Kirby Joseph because of the ball skills that Joseph has versus the uh, lesser ball skills that Cook has. Even though I do, I do think he can be a real a real solid uh, safety at the next level. Yeah, no, I, I was pretty high on him too. I was going to go with Dane Belton mm. out of Iowa. Just another guy that's kind of like the mold. For, I guess I had this thing with my 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 safeties where they're kind of like corners too. 
where they can yeah. also they give you that position versatility where they can play corner, they can play inside the slot. Because I just think that's where the NFL is heading these days. I just think the days of your traditional free safety center field ball hawk are just they're over. I just don't think that's how defenses operate anymore. Where these tight ends are coming out, they're bigger and faster than they've ever been. You need to have a safety that can run with them because if you put a linebacker on them, forget about it. You're going to get torched over the middle of the field. Yeah, I, th- I very fair. Very, very, very fair. All right, let's go to the draft needs. Let's go to the NFC West. And, well, now it's completely changed. San Francisco 49ers, they don't have a pick until the third round. They may have a first-round pick, depending on how things go within the next six days. They may need a wide receiver. And depending on if they can get a first-round pick, if they can get a second-round pick, receiver may be an avenue they're going to have to go out and uh, and explore. And depending on where that first-round pick is, if they get it, second-round pick, it'll be top end of second round. So maybe maybe a George Pickens, maybe a Jahan Dotson comes to the picture for San Francisco. Maybe if they get, they get into the first round, maybe a Christian Watson comes into the picture for them. Maybe a Traylon Burks comes into the picture they may need a receiver if they are going to go ahead and trade Debo Samuel. But outside of receiver, uh, I think they need offensive line help, specifically interior offensive line, and in the secondary as well. They definitely need to upgrade a corner and safety. Watch Christian Watson to the 49ers if they trade Debo Samuel. The familiarity with Watson and Trey Lance. Trey, I personally think Christian Watson could excel in the Debo Samuel role. I don't know on the – you know me, I'm a big Christian Watson guy. They gave you are the plenty, biggest Christian Watson fan I know. Plenty of jet sweeps. I don't know about playing him as the, I think the, the wide back is not happening again, probably for a receiver. So we don't need to make that comparison with Debo. But yes, with the jet sweeps, the easy completions, yards after the catch, the vertical game over the middle. Yes, I think Christian Watson and Trey Lance, who I believe they did cross paths to together right in North Dakota State maybe they not did. they did but briefly I don't know briefly if, it was for one year it, yeah so I, I would keep an eye on that one the Cardinals Jake what do you got for uh for the Cardinals eventually they they have to draft a like a corner secondary you're going up against all these great quarterbacks in your division corner is right? the need corner corner is literally the one when I wrote down my list was corner underlined. That's it's got to be the way they go. And that's another team. I mean, I can make a case honestly for like twenty teams in this draft where you could use another pass catcher. They're another one. I mean, you have DeAndre Hopkins and what else? Christian Kirk is now gone. You can't use that. Are we really banking on AJ Green? What's left of him? Nope. Nope. And I know they maybe, drafted Rondell Moore. Yeah. Yeah, but what did he show last year? I mean, he had one game. One game. <laughs> The rush for Rondell Moore after he broke out. Ah, uh, I don't think crazy. I don't think I don't think you played fantasy in in twenty twenty one if you did not try and spend most of your fab trying to get Rondell Moore. <laughs> I used to draft it in a lot of places, but to me, he's more of like a gadget type of good player to have. But is he really like a piece for a sustainable passing attack? No, no, he's not. I think another receiver would do them well, but. You only have so many picks, right, to, to fill needs in the draft where corner, I think, is the more pressing need. And another thing is an offensive line. You just are – you're going to pay Kyler Murray, we think. 
tons of money, it might behoove you to protect the kid. Offensive line is, is, is the big one. Corner is a big one. I think defensive tackle, they could improve and, and receiver and receiver because they're and another pass rusher and an edge. Yeah. They could, they could use another edge rusher, especially now with Chandler Jones going to pastures. And they're move. an easy under for me and wins next year. I think that situation is ready to explode with cliff Kingsbury. And if Kyler Murray doesn't get paid there will there, there's going to be uh that that's like a, it's like a ticking time bomb over there. And some, somebody's heads will roll eventually over there. In my opinion. Yes. Yes. And the problem now is that if you're looking at teams that really need, need quarterbacks, it's just in the NFC. So it's not like the Cardinals can go oh, in Pittsburgh. Oh, there. Yeah, there is Pittsburgh. Yeah, there is Pittsburgh. So would they, would the Cardinals want to do business with Pittsburgh? And it makes more sense than doing, than doing business with the Chicago bears or the giants. I, I would say so, or even, or even Washington or maybe even Philadelphia. If, all doesn't go as planned with Jalen Hurts this year. Uh, let's do the do we do the Seahawks or the Rams? Let's do the Seahawks. Why not? Uh, much more intrigue there. They need a quarterback. They need offensive line help. They need defensive help all over the place. S- focusing on the quarterback, I don't think they draft a quarterback. Just a hunch. You know what's interesting? I kind of reg- I didn't place a ton of money on this because I had had over, but I think Derek Stingley Jr. makes a lot of sense at number nine to Seattle. I think this is kind of like their chance to get they like when's the last time they've been picking this early in the draft to draft a player that has the ceiling of Derek Stingley Jr. Not for a long time. It, it, so that makes sense, or a guy that will get to the quarterback. I look at Jermaine Johnson as a great fit, a great fit at a Florida State. Um, I think that's really the only edge rusher that will be in the range. I think Walker, Kayvon Thibodeau, obviously Hutchinson, those guys will be gone. I would watch this this space for Evan Neal, just because I think, I think will be gone. See, see, I common sense says yes, but if there are trades that happen in front of them, if two teams trade up for a quarterback, Neal could get pushed down. And Neil could be just sitting in the lap of the Seattle Seahawks because how many more offensive linemen did the Falcons need? I'm struggling with the whole trades and, and where quarterbacks will go. Like, really having a hard time because I know they'll happen, but calling them is next to impossible. It's <laughs> tough. It's tough because you can make, tough. You, you can really make a case that one, two, three, four, five are all good potential spots for a trade out. If the price yes. is right, of course. Yes, but – and then you get past that. Six, okay, Carolina needs a quarterback. That's Carolina's cool. one of the it. teams that can consider trading up, yeah. But then you get to the Giants at seven. Okay, that makes sense. The Falcons yep. at eight. If you're not taking a quarterback, you're pretty far away. Why not consider trading out? The Seahawks at nine. Okay, if you're not in love with the quarterback and you have Drew Locke on your team and no answer, why not maybe get another first-round pick for next year mm-hmm. in a better quarterback class? Correct. And then at 10 with the Jets again. The Jet, the Jets again at 10. Yeah. Would you – this is just more of, more of a, uh, an opinion question. Do you think the Jets trade out at all? For, for – no. 
I can yeah, say that. I don't with think conviction. they trade out at four. Unless I, the unless the offer they get is yes. If it's like three first round picks, yeah. four for you know something absurd. Okay, maybe, but that won't happen. They're locked in at four. At ten, what do do they get? Debo Samuel on their team. If it's a no, then I don't think so. No, but what if they get an offer similar to what the Bears gave the Giants last year to trade up and get Justin Fields? What was that? It was like a first, right? It was, it was a first, a first, a second, and obviously the first. I, next I year. believe two mid rounders. I don't know because the Jets have plenty of draft capital. I think maybe, and the Jets need to win this year too and show promise this year. They can't go into next offseason being like, look at all the draft picks we have. Look at all I that's was gonna, not that's not I was gonna it. say show promise. I don't know if they have to win this year given the state of the AFC, but show promise, yes. They they have to win between six to eight games this year to still be employed next year. Hmm. They have to. Maybe yeah, six to eight. Like six is the minimum. They 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 can't sell. How are they gonna sell only winning a one more game than they did last year? I don't care how hard okay, the schedule fair. is. No, that's fair. That's fair. So I don't think picks next year are getting the Jets too excited. They have plenty this year. But if they're able to get Debo Samuel and still have the 10th pick, yes, I think they will absolutely trade out a 10 unless unless they really like Derek Stingley Jr. And I've heard that he is being considered. I've heard that it's receiver at the moment in time. I don't know who yeah. it is. I've heard the same three names. I can't tell. Like, I, I, I have no idea who the receiver I'm fairly confident it will be a wide receiver at 10. Bearing any. Any trade for, for Debo. Not even a trade, but like like if Icky Aquanu was somehow there at that. Like something ridiculous. Like something that. absurd but yes, But yes, a trade for, for Debo Samuel. I haven't heard anything about Debo and the Jets uh, for what it's worth. I mean, and I have, I have, I have, I haven't heard anything, so I can't really say things that I have, I haven't heard. So we'll, we'll see. Your, your head coach and your offensive coordinator are slamming the desk wanting, wanting to get deep out, but the Niners do hold all the cards as for, for, for right for now. now, for now, for right now we get, we get to draft day and Debo Samuel's like, listen guys, I'm out. eat like, yep. Then, then the hand may be forced, but for but- now, they while we're you know, on they do hold the cards while we're on the NFC West and the 49ers if let, let, let me get your opinion here on this one sure. if you're the Niners wouldn't it behoove you to make a trade sooner so you can plan accordingly rather than just okay it's draft day bye bye Debo okay guys what do we do now we have all these oh by the way we pick in a few hours we'll- I mean how quick did we see the Devontae Adams trade come together how quick did we see the Tyreek Hill trade come together? But they had, but they had time though to plan before the draft. They can then Correct. get their board together. Are the Niners Correct. doing that? You would think so. You would think so. Or they're trying to plan around what life would be like after Debo. I mean, I, I don't know how you, I don't know how you could plan to have Debo when he is. I think out he's there gone saying for saying, what it's worth. Yeah, I, I, I want out. I think he's done. I, I think he will not play for the 49ers again. I'm pretty confident in saying that. I think it's a fixable situation. I think it's over. <laughs> but with that being said, I do think it's over. How many, I think it's, fi- how many, it's fixable. How but... many situations have been fixed in the last like three years where a player not is many. like, I am never playing here again? Not how many. many? 
I can't think of any. No. No. I mean, maybe maybe Rodgers. Um, that's a little bit different because the franchise will do whatever he wants. Like, are the 49ers doing whatever Debo Samuel wants? Absolutely not. No, the Niners are not going to bend over back. He, he's for, not the franchise where, where Aaron Rodgers is the Packers. Like, he is the Packer right. of all Packers. Debo right. Samuel is a great player, but okay, well, he's right. not the face of the franchise or not even the right. best receiver in the history of the franchise. Guys, guys are not showing up at Levi Stadium to see Debo Samuel. People are showing up to Lambeau Field to see Aaron Rodgers. That yes. is that is the, the, the main difference. And as for the defending Super Bowl champion, the Los Angeles Rams, they need a replacement for Von Miller. That could be a spot that they go. They need another corner opposite of Jalen Ramsey, who is kind of now the safety corner hybrid thing. Uh, they need a guard for uh, Austin Corbett, who, reti- who retired. Andrew Whitworth retired. We'll get to tackle in a second. But Corbett left to sign with the Carolina Panthers. They could probably use a linebacker as well. But other than that, I mean, the Rams, the Rams don't have a pick until until day three. So, I think they I think they could use a quality tight end, too. Yeah. Yeah, they could. I'm never I'm, I haven't been the biggest Tyler Higby guy. I've never really been like he's a good player. Like he's he's a starting caliber player, but that's not really quite the compliment. You know what I'm saying? No. Like he's he's replaceable. Very, they, very, very they, much so. If they take a running back, I would die on the inside. I really would be de- I really would be destroyed. If they take a goddamn running back, you will hear me crying. You will hear me sobbing. And 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 like we're we're close, right? With Sony Michelle still unsigned. We're close, right? We're so close. We're so close to Cam Akers time. getting back to being on schedule. Oh, please. Please God, if if they I, I will say this. If they take a running back in round six, I'll be okay. I'll be okay. Jake Funk last year. Right. I'll be okay. But if they spend a premium pick to bring in a guy like, uh, let's say, let's say it's like a Damian Pierce. Let's just say. Like an Isaiah Spiller, a guy like that. Isaiah Spiller, a James Cook. Let's just have a little fun. Then I will be absolutely distraught. That, then you that, that you will see legitimate crocodile tears like you have never seen out of a man before. Same applies to the Denver Broncos, I might add. I don't know what I would cry harder over. If the Broncos draft a running back in the first three rounds or if they were to sign Melvin Gordon right before the draft. I, I don't know which would kill me more. I would say Melvin Gordon would have me a little bit more distraught. I would probably say so, and it's very close. Where's he going? Can can you just pick a team already? Hopefully, hopefully he just uh, calls it a career. Hey, I, me personally, I think him going back to the Chargers makes a lot of sense. Yeah, maybe maybe to back up Derrick Henry. Please, please. Well, we we know Mike Vrabel doesn't really believe in backup running backs. No, <laughs> no, no. Which is why we love Mike Vrabel. Mike Vrabel loves fantasy for that reason. He hates fantasy and other reasons, but he loves fantasy for giving yeah. us Derrick Henry. And just I'm calling it now. We're just I hate getting off topic like this. Just funny joke here. Also part of the mailbag fantasy uh, all fantasy team. Can't you just not wait for Deontay Foreman to be a thing again this year? Ah, uh, you mean when Christian McCaffrey inevitably yep. goes down? Yep. It will. <gasps> Deontay Foreman will be a thing. 
I really would love that there was like a way or like a, a tracker to see who fantasy managers have spent the most fab dollars on. I, I wonder if that's a thing. If I could do a, a quick, a quick little check. Deontay Foreman or oh, Jeremy McNichols. <laughs> oh, please, please stop. Uh, most popular. Or, 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 or here's another one. Will this guy be a thing again? Devonte Freeman. Oh, oh, oh! If he goes back goodness. to Baltimore, that's it for J.K. Dobbins. I'm, I'm done. Uh, well, I know you are. You're pretty much out on J.K. Dobbins anyway. Am, am I? Am I wrong? I hate. I just hate Ravens running backs. I hate them. Well, oh, don't we all? I think after after last season. Yeah, we are. Uh, most of us are. I'm done pretty, on Ra- Ravens. Done. Ravens running backs. Any running back on the Tennessee Titans that plays for Mike Vrabel that's not named Derrick Henry will no, no longer be on a team of mine. I was done on 49ers running backs until the rise of Elijah Mitchell. But would it shock you next year if just for some reason they just draft a, a kid again in the seventh round and he's just uh, – would, would it really shock you? No. No. That wouldn't surprise me at all. Or maybe Trey Sermon will be will be a thing. Fifth round. Please, please God, no. Please, fifth God, round. no. Fifth round of fantasy drafts. Hell this no. This guy went in the fifth round. He was going before Raheem Mostert in redraft. No. So do you want – do you actually – I have an answer to who the most picked-up player over the course of the year was. Do you want to have a guess before we sign off? Let me guess. Most picked up player, Adrian Peterson. It is not Adrian Peterson. What team? You're on the right track. I, I say Jeremy team, McNichols. I'll give, it, I'll give it away. It is a running back. Running back who plays in the NFC. Running back who plays in the NFC. Yep. Oh my God. Who's who's some like washed up scrub? I'll give you. I'll there. give you a hint. He may have won people some championships. Was it Rashad Penny? It was Rashad Penny. Okay, I don't have any ill will towards him. He he won me a championship, so I have no ill will. Towards I actually Rashad I Penny. actually kind of like Rashad Penny this, this yeah, year. I do too. I do I too. I think like, Chris Carson will not be on any roster of mine, but Rashad ew. Penny, there might be a place later on in the draft. No, no, Chris Carson. No, 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 no. Rashad Penny. Rashad Penny to the moon. Well. That is it for this edition of the Basement Talk Podcast Fantasy Show. We will be back on Tuesday. Jake Simone's mock draft. Where will he have Iki Aquanu? Where will he have Kyle Hamilton? Who will he have at number one? And by the way, this mock draft will have trades. It will. Per, Don't know Jake's where. Request. <laughs> Don't. He doesn't know where. He doesn't know <laughs> where they're going to be trades yet, but there are going to be trades. So... Stay tuned for that. Make sure you subscribe. Leave a five-star review. Thank you so much for listening. For Jake, I'm Bird. Love you guys. Talk to you soon. Bye-bye.